Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooke Sellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Atiba D'Souza, who firmly believes agency owners must replace themselves every 120 days. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss any of our other future content. Let's transition over to this week's guest, Atiba. To help explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Atiba D'Souza. Atiba is the video content superman who was killing search engine optimization or SEO before the term was even invented. He's been using a unique method of blending storytelling with search keywords for more than 15 years and has ranked regional and national brands in the US on the first page of Google. Wow. Atiba... Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is so great to be here with you, Brooke. And thanks for everybody else being there listening to us too. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you today. So quick backstory, Atiba and I met at the Agents of Change conference in October of this year and just loved his energy. We were all like sitting together learning from his ways. So I'm super excited to have everybody learn from your ways today. Oh, thank you. But first questions first, what made you decide to enter this crazy world of entrepreneurship? Why did you start your own agency? You know, it's all I know. (laughs) Just being completely honest with you, it's one of those things where I grew up in a family of business, right? My mother is one of the largest caterers in the Washington, D.C. area. My father was always in, in business, even though they were separated. I only saw business growing up. And so it was only a kind of a natural thing for me. And I actually started my first business at around 13 years old, the first legal business (laughs) at 18. (laughs) Oh boy. I don't know. I don't know if I want to (laughs) know. I mean, you can ask if you want to (laughs) know. Okay. Well, now I got to know what, what was the first business? And and it's so funny because I never get to talk about this. Um, It was very unsuccessful. (laughs) Okay. Let's just start there. But I was cleaning fish tanks. Why was it illegal? Because you were 13 and not of working age? Well, 13, because you couldn't actually have a business at the age of 13. But I was going around cleaning people's fish tanks at 13 years old. Oh, my God. You've always been this way. I think that's amazing. And by the way, like I've had fish tanks. Nobody wants to clean their own fish tanks. So I think it's a great business model. Yeah. <laughs> except for when you're 13 and, you know, yeah. School. <laughs> yeah. That, that whole thing. Well, so tell me now, with the business now, what kind of clients do you serve? So primarily right now on the agency side of of our house, we serve medical clients, cash-based medical practices. Oh, wow. Very interesting. And what kind of work do you do for them, just so everybody can kind of get to know you in the way that I know you? 
Absolutely. Everything we do is about relationship. So yes, people call me the video content Superman, but video is the medium that we use to help our clients build relationship with their ideal customer, because that's what it's all about, okay? Especially if you're in any type of high-ticket world. Look, medical, cash-based, high-ticket, right? No matter what type of high-ticket world that you're in, relationship is key. They buy from you because they trust you and nothing builds trust more than video. So we help our clients create those videos that build and engender that trust. I love it. So when we were talking a little bit in the pre-call that we had, you said that you learned from somewhere the mantra of replacing yourself every 20 days. And I want you to dive deeper into this philosophy and why it's so crucial or has been crucial to your success with your business. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually every 120 days. And I've been working on it for some years now. So let's, let's just break this down because it seems kind of strange. And I remember the first time I heard it, okay? I was listening to Chris Crone. Y'all can go look him up, real estate mogul. And Chris was talking, and he's the one who introduced this, that he only works two days a week and he runs a $100 million company. And how does he do it? He says, I only work two days a week by replacing myself every 120 days. And I'm sitting there and and it's one of those moments. And Brooke, I know you've had those moments where someone said something and it smacked you across your jaw because you know you're living the exact opposite of that. And that's where I was. I was working eight days a week (laughs) and getting nowhere fast. And here's this guy. And it's not like he just started this. He said, I've been doing this forever. That's how I got the $100 million. And so so something's got to change for me. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. And let me just break it kind of down slowly here for you. The key here is for you as a CEO, as a high level executive, whatever your title and position is, to look at yourself and what you bring to your company and figure out how to compartmentalize what you do and hand it off to other people every 120 days. Now, it's been two and a half years that I've been doing this. I have never gotten it perfectly, but we have grown exponentially because of it. Yeah. So, okay. I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm, and I'm following, but like the whole like working in the agency to on it, working on the business versus in it, that poses challenges. Well, for me. So let's just pretend like people are listening and watching and it may also propose challenges for them too, because we all are kind of stick with the same disease of entrepreneurship. (laughs) But what would you say have been the biggest hurdles? Like you said, you weren't perfect, but like as you, during this replacement phase, what challenge did you face and how do you overcome them? The biggest one, which we all face, and if you're listening to us, and, and, and Brooke, I'm pretty sure you're going to say this, we didn't script this, but this is the one that you're facing too, is trust. Yes. I know what I can do. I know what I bring. I know how good I want it to be. How the heck do I give it to someone else and know that they're going to do it as good as me? And what are we going to lose when I do that? And, and so I struggled with that. So I love this concept and I struggled with it until a few months later, I had a conversation with, with Richard Lindner of Digital Marketer and the Scalable Company. And we were talking about this and Richard said, okay, so let me tell you how I do this. And he taught me the 10-80-10 rule. 
there is this body of work, this thing that you do, that you're going to pass off to someone else, okay? What you're going to do is you're going to do that. Well, you want to explain it to them, obviously, and give them what's going on, FOPs and that type of thing. You got to do that. That's the duh stuff, right? But then you're going to do the first 10%. Then you're going to let them go off and do 80%. And then you're going to come back on the last 10%. Okay. So like, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. So let's say I'm trying to hand off, we're about to release our big state of social care report. I wrote the report, right? Somebody else designs it, but I wrote it. You're saying that I would create the outline for the report. Like the, you know, here's how I envision it going here, like the talking points for each of the chapters. And then I would hand it to the team to actually write it. Yes. And then I would take it back and maybe just like edit with a fine tooth comb before it went off to design. Yes. That sounds so scary. <laughs> oh, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is scary. And, and let me not sit here and tell you this is easy. The thing that you're going to learn about yourself is you don't communicate well. Oh, my God. Probably. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> you're, and it's all of us. Okay. And I consider myself a pretty decent communicator and have reached so many times when I'm scratching my head like, oh, my gosh, how am I getting this so wrong? And realized that the problem was me and I was not communicating to them effectively enough. And so that becomes the pursuit. Your pursuit then becomes learning how to better communicate. Because in that process of learning how to better communicate, their 80% just keeps getting better and better and better and better to the point where you can just say, okay, y'all got it. So tell me a little bit about that. How do you better yourself with communication? Is it like you assign this delegation, this task, let's just call it a task, right? You're assigning this task to the team. And do you survey them to see like what context you missed out on? Or like, what does that work from like a operational viewpoint? Like, how do you fix your communication? It's a really great question. And it's one that, again, it's not easy. And it takes you being willing to really look at yourself hard and understand that first it starts in culture. You have to create a culture where your staff is willing to communicate back to you and not fear communication back to you that if I communicate this, you're going to fire me. Okay. Well, we definitely don't have that. Yeah. But, but, but I realize some people may, it's hard. Yeah. Some people do. Right. So once you have that culture in place, then and when things go right and when things go wrong. So you can't just do this when things go wrong, because if you do it only when things go wrong, people then fear that. And what you don't want is people to fear what's a, what I'm about to say. It's the conversation after, the postmortem after. Okay, so I gave you these instructions. You did this. Tell me, how did you think through this to get to this outcome? Yeah, so understanding their process. Yes. Yeah. Because once you start to understand their process, you will see, oh, that's why it aligned. You'll also see, oh, that's why it misaligned. Okay. But if you only do it when there is misalignment, then they fear that conversation. Yeah. I feel you. Well, let's go into a little bit on trust, right? We can use me as the example. I'm always willing to be the guinea pig, right? Describe to me what it's like when you replace yourself every few months. Like, how do you make sure that the outputs or the services that you provide are continuously meeting client 
needs doing, you know, they're done the way you, the Atiba way. And how do you make sure your clients are satisfied with these operational changes? I guess we can call them. So let me start by saying, as we've done this, I literally have had emails come in from clients who have thanked me for getting out of the way because things are so much better now. So let me start there. Okay. At the end to tell you that this works and that there is great positivity on that side of it. Okay. Let's, now let's go all the way back to the beginning and let's talk about trust. Okay. And let's talk about why we as business owners don't trust. Why we as agency owners don't trust. And it's very simple and something that most of us have never thought about. And most of us may not even think of ourselves in this way. You, my friend, are an artist. They say, no, I'm not. I don't draw. I don't paint. I don't sing. I'm not an artist. An artist is someone who takes an innate talent and turns it into a work. You do that. That's such an interesting, wow. Everybody write that down. Write that down. (laughs) Okay. You do that. And so you are an artist. The challenge with artists, and this is why I'm, I'm making this parallel, because any of us who've ever worked with an artist know artists are hard to work with. Any of us who ever worked with an artist know artists are temperamental. Any of us who ever worked with an artist know an artist will tell you, you can't copy me because I am the artist. Now, you've never thought of yourself in that way, but you are that and you do think of yourself in that way subconsciously. Subconsciously, you know, there's something I bring to this report that nobody else can. I see the information differently. I see the layout and how it should be written. And it's just innate to me. This is why we don't trust. We don't trust because we know we brought art and you don't have the art that we brought. We don't trust the art that's in someone else. So how do we deal with that? Y'all ready for this? I'm like literally on the edge of my seat. Y'all can't see me, but there's, there's nowhere else to go forward on my seat. Okay. You have to turn art into science. Now that sounds like blasphemy. <laughs> it completely sounds like blasphemy. Okay. It does. Let me share a couple of things with you though, before you run away and stop listening to this episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. So number one, number one. Did you know, and I I just recently learned this and it blew my mind. Did you know that poetry was first created for the sciences, not for the arts? (laughs) Head explosion emoji. (laughs) No. Yes. Poetry was created for science first. Okay. Okay. So that one of the biggest pieces of art that we have was actually scientific first. Next. We just talked about the process of when something goes right or when something goes wrong, asking, how did you think about this and what was your process through it? A non-artist is going to have, in this field, is going to have some sort of steps that they took and assumptions that they made. By asking that question of your staff and hearing the answer, you will actually start to illuminate the steps that you yourself take to create art. And you'll start to realize, this is what happened to me over and over and over again. You start to realize there is a process to this. I just never realized I was following it. 
I'm going to need you to stop picking on me. <laughs> no, I'm, <just> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, seriously, you are like blowing my mind right now because when I was writing the book, my editor kept telling me basically what you're telling me. She was like, you need to slow down and tell the story slower so that people who aren't you with your point of view, the artist essentially was what I was missing in this conversation, can start to create that same system that you do. Because as visionaries, you're probably like me, like we just move fast and break things, right? But like, there is a process to it, but we don't know what it is because in our head, we're not going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're just done, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's, it's in the transference. So let me give you a real example, all right? So at the base of a lot of what we do is SEO. And I've been an SEO since 1996, longer than most, right? Um, I've been in this field a very, very long time to the point I am very, very good. You can show me a list of a thousand keywords and give me a website and a company, and I can probably distill the top 10 keywords that will land you on page one in the next month. Okay? And I can do it in probably five minutes. That's freaking art. You're doing this on your own without a tool, you mean? Like you can yes. just, yes. wow, yeah. Yeah, that's first, that's not even art. That's like magic. <laughs> but guess what? I have now taught other people how to do it. Well, see, the thing is, I never understood how I was doing it. It was never sense to me. I just knew I could. But it was in the process of, of me even stopping and saying, okay, here's a list. Here are the things we consider. Here's how you do it. You go do it and have them come back with crappy answers for me to then say, okay, how did you get to this? Yeah. And as they're going through, and I said, and so then we did this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why'd you go that way? Oh, because we thought, no, 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 no. You don't think that's, that's the wrong, that's why you ended up here. You don't think that about it this way. You think about it this way. And that all of a sudden, it just started to illuminate. Yeah. Light bulb moment. Right? Yeah. Well, so tell me this. If you are basically rapidly evolving, right? If you're replacing yourself every 120 days, that's, that's quick, rapid growth. So can you share with us your skill set and how your skill set and role have changed, right? Because if you passed on the art of being able to do that, you know, looking at a thousand keywords and coming up with the top ones in five minutes, how does that look for your role? Because that means you probably have to obtain new skills or acquire certain skills or hone certain skills. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the fundamentals of our company is replace yourself. Um, it always has been. It's a really big thing. We want you to replace yourself. Okay. And make systems better. So for me, what has happened and people see me, people say, oh my gosh, you're everywhere. You're on this stage, on this stage, you're on this stage, you're always traveling, you're always traveling, you're always traveling. How do you do this? And, and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a young lady and she was just like, you know, I wanted to do, cause I did, I did 30 stages this year. Holy moly. I want to do what you do, but my company would die. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do anything on the day to day of my company anymore. That sounds so scary. <laughs> Yes, I'm getting I'm getting it. So what it's what it's been replaced with is I have a Tuesday 30 minute meeting with my client services manager and he has scorecards that we go through, right? And the scorecards I can see where every client is, what's going on, and everything that, that was done. If there was a problem, this is when he comes to me and says, "Hey, we're having this issue that we need to we need your input on." We talk about it in our 30 minute meeting. Then we have a 15-minute meeting with him and my production manager who actually runs and manages getting everything done to, if there's anything that the three of us need to talk about. And then Friday, we have a one-hour manager's meeting 
where all the managers come and they present all of their scorecards of everything going on in their different departments. That's it. I love the scorecard idea because we use scorecards too, but you're kind of giving me a bigger idea about how we could be more efficient and maybe even try to get to the replacing me, maybe not 120 days, but like it's, you know, whatever it ends up being at, at the beginning. Well, okay. So I have another question that's popping into my head now because you've, you've got all these team members, you've got these scorecards. So how does this approach of replacing yourself not just you, but the team too. Yep. Um, do they feel more empowered or are there times where they have to adjust to new roles or new responsibilities? Like, what does that look like? Is it a give and take there? There's a give and take there too. So we do it on both ends, okay? So we do it absolutely on both, both ends. So obviously I'm at the top, but we have frontline employees as well. We're very big into SOPs. Very, very big into SOPs, Right. We have frontline employees who are working and working through SOPs on everything that they're doing, tweaking, making SOPs better. And then in order for them to move up, we hire new frontline employees that they train. And so now they are doing the act of replacing themselves. It just, it just light bulbs for me. Yeah, I get it. Because so I think what we're missing is our team members aren't replacing themselves. So they're going through the SOPs and completing the SOPs, but they're not making iterations because they're, they don't have the message of like, hey, replace yourself so you can move up and we'll bring somebody in to do this SOP. Yes. Yeah. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. One of the biggest compliments I got from my team was, I think it was last week, and I've been working to get here for a while. We had the first meeting of what I call the Innovation Council. So everyone is destined to innovate in this company. So one of the big tenants of every single role, you have to innovate. Now I've pulled together the best of the best of innovators into an innovation council for the company to look at the company and say, how do we innovate even bigger than that, than just the micro innovations, right? And one of the, the, the people who's one of my managers at the end of the meeting, and one question that I ask a lot that has changed a lot for me is, what's on your mind? Not what questions do you have, not what do you think, what's on your mind? It's so good. I need a piece of paper. Hold on. <laughs> and so I, I asked that and she said to me, she said, you know, I'm sitting here. And I'm thinking back to a year ago and the things that we were doing a year ago. And a year ago, you said we would get to this place. And back then, I didn't see or understand how, but we have continuously innovated and innovated through getting to the place now where the stuff that we're doing is truly, truly cutting edge right now. We're cutting edge. Right now, there's so few people doing what we do with video and Google search right now. And now we have this council that is saying, hey, it's not about right now. Let's figure out where we're going next and innovate that next right now. And she was just like, I'm just so blown away that we're having this kind of growth. And that's all in the 120 days. Replace yourself. What happens when... I feel like these are a lot of my own personal questions, but hopefully those listening and watching you have these questions too. Clients can be persnickety, specific. They can have very special needs. 
What happens with those clients who really value like that consistent point of contact? Or in my case, maybe they value that as a part of their program, they have access to me, right? How do you manage those client relationships and ensure trust with them if you're trying to replace yourself every 120 days? Like, yeah, what do they say? How do they feel? How does that look? So we're all agency owners and business owners here, right? So I'm going to tell you all the truth, okay? Y'all ready for some truth? Here's some truth. That is the bane of all of our existence and what keeps all of us from scaling and or having freedom. Those clients who I just have to work with, Brooke, Brooke, I need to talk with you. Oh, right? So here's what we set up. So yes, people see me on stage, people meet me, and I will do initial consults and do the sale with someone. Okay, same, same. Got you, I'm following, okay. Once they pay and they're now a client, Marco gets introduced, who is my head of client services. Now we're doing onboarding. Marco is there in onboarding, through onboarding with them. From that moment, all communication originates from Marco. I am CC'd on everything. So you never feel like I'm truly gone, even though I don't read any of it. (laughs) The truth, the truth. Okay. And Marco does all of the communication. Now, how does that look? Well, there are some times when Marco doesn't know what to answer and he'll ask me, you know, he send me a Slack message, hey, so-and-so says so-and-so. I said, okay, respond with this. And he'll go respond. Other times he'll say so-and-so said so-and-so. And I'll say, okay, Marco, go into my email and respond as me, as this. <laughs> okay. And so the client still feels like I'm around, but I am not reading any of it. To the point, to the point, we also have a system of dossiers. And so the dossier keeps track of people we meet. Like, I have one for you. Yes, I have one for you. Right? Not that I needed it, but I do. And every time we meet, information gets added to the dossier. So now when I'm meeting with you, I've got here history of our conversation. So now I'm meeting, if I do have to meet with the client, the client feels like I know what's going on. Well, I just read it. Oh my God, I love that though. I love that though. Yeah. So that's the thing that's necessary there is bringing that person in early. So they know. So number one, even in my contract, it states, you're going to be talking with Marco henceforth, right? There's no secrets, right? You know, Marco's coming. And honestly, Marco's a lovely guy. Marco's a patient guy. Marco is a verbose guy. I am not any of those via email. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Cause like people management is the, the thing I want to do last or how about never? Like just never. How yeah. about never? How about never? Yeah. How about never? Yes. If I don't, I don't, I want to produce great results for you and I don't want to meet with you. I love you, but I don't. Don't forget to pay your bill. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so wait, really quickly. This is a a little sidebar I want to go down. Like, not too far down the rabbit hole, but just a quick peek. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Tell me about the dossier. Is it AI that updates all of that? Like, what does that look like? How does that work? Because I know people are wondering, because I'm wondering. Yeah, so we haven't ventured into AI with it yet in terms of creation. Mostly because 
Let's call it spade a spade. I'm too anal retentive for that. And so initial dossiers. So we create multiple different types of dossiers, okay? So if I'm on a podcast, I've got a dossier for that. If you are a prospective client, I have a dossier for that. If you're going to be on my show, I have a dossier for that. And if you are a stage that has invited me to speak on the stage, I have a dossier for that, okay? So now let's deal with the prospect because that's the one most people are going to care about. So in the prospect dossier, if I've met someone, number one, it's going to say who they are, where they are, name of their company. We go and find their company motto, that type of thing, what services they sell. So all that is there. So I can got that quick glance. I got their website, but I got it all quick glance right here. Okay. Then it's going to, to we, we talk about how I met them. Because you and I know we meet a lot of people. Uh-huh. And sometimes you're like, oh, God. Exactly. Yeah. Where did you come from? Yes. I know the face and the name, but where was it? Who was it? How did it happen? Yeah. And so we tag that stuff when, when I meet someone inside of our CRM. So they're pulling this information back out of the CRM in the dossier here for me, goes all my remarkable. Then we are going to stalk your social media and we're going to find out, do you have kids? Do you have a spouse? What's your favorite anything? What do you love to talk about? right? I'm looking for points that I can connect with you on, right? So that's what the team provides to me up front. Then in the meeting, again, prospect meeting, I'm going to be taking notes on what I'm learning. And then there's a section for follow-up. And because I suck at follow-up, okay? Spade is a spade. I, I, I suck at it. And so I have a section in here for follow-up. And so I've trained myself that in the meeting, I talk about follow-up. I've gotten that good. And then I write down what I said about follow-up. The team then goes back in the dossier because it's on my remarkable. They pull it up and they see, okay, the follow-up was we're supposed to connect them with Brooke. We're going to set another meeting in three weeks and we're going to try the new restaurant in Austin that they suggested. Oh, uh, wow. I need this. I need to replace myself with this because this is me doing this now. Yeah. Right. And that's what helped. I mean, from a sales perspective, if you're an agency owner who also is the sales team, hi, hello, it's me. That's huge. Huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. So tell me this. Does this scale? Right? Like we're, to, we're telling the truth here. Like, can you replace yourself every 120 days? If you can figure out how to do it, does it scale? And as you grow larger, do you have to make iterations to that 120 days? Do you change the timeline? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So... Chris Crone did this up to $100 million. I haven't hit $100 million yet, so <laughs> I think I'm still okay. And I think scaling can still work with this. At $100 million, I'll probably reassess. <laughs> Me too. God, at $100 million, we'll be doing this podcast from my yacht, okay? Right? Yeah. Matter of fact, we'll each be on a yacht next to each other. Our yachts will be next to each other. <laughs> parked together in the Mediterranean and our butler will pass the mic across. <laughs> yeah, that's how we would do it at, at 100 million. No, but so the, the thing with, with the scale here is it's a really great question, okay? Because what it forces you to do at this juncture is start to think about true, true structure of your organization. I'm not talking about uh, org chart. Yes, org chart fits in there, but you know, that's trivial. I'm actually talking, so like with us, we have client services, we have admin, we have production, we have social media, right? Those are our actual 
structures, structure of our organization. Everyone gets split into those. Now, as we're looking at those, now I have a head of each one of those departments. And I'm teaching each one of those department heads to become a CEO. So my job now partially is teaching you what it means to be a CEO. And so they're going through CEO training to run each of their departments. Well, guess what? Part of my CEO training is replace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, it does take from an upper level perspective, you have to be committed to that because what's going to happen is you're going to have people who say, well, I need an assistant then. Or I'm going to go start my own thing, right? So yes and no. That's always an issue. There's always a possibility. Okay. Okay. So let's back up on that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's a really great question because it is a fear us agency owners have. Okay. Here's my philosophy. And I do run a channel called Build Your Team because building team and organizational culture is something I'm really, really big into, know a ton about and teach on. And this is personal. Everybody's culture is personal. This is me personally. So I'm not telling you you have to. But as an agency owner, I do not hire generalists. I only hire specialists to the point. I don't even hire someone who can edit a graphic and a video. I want you to just do video, just do graphics. I want you to just be a writer. And I go out and find those people who are super laser focused on that thing. One, I get better results out of them. They're happier because they can perform in their zone of genius all day long. And two, 99 times out of 100, they're not looking to go do this on their own because they know I don't want to do all the rest of that stuff. <laughs> right, right. But that's how I solve that problem. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so how do you measure the success of this? Like, is there a, a, a metric system or KPIs for the replacement strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. So that's going to somewhat depend on you. Personally, I am an explorer and a joker when you look at archetypes. Love to have fun, but I also love to blaze a trail. Now, the key word in there is blaze. Because those of us who like to blaze trails, we like to set things on fire, okay? Which often is bad for our businesses. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have burnt down some, some things you shouldn't have burnt down in the name of something else, right? So with me and the structure, because of my personality type, and this is, this is so true, there is how bored is Atiba? And they know their job in each one of those lanes is to make me bored. Because if I'm bored, there's nothing for me to do. And I've got to go somewhere else and do something else. That's my innovation council. But if you're having a problem in your area, I'm going to jump in. And when I jump in, I'm going to light a fire. And something might get torched that shouldn't. So I know that's a very soft way of measuring. But it makes sense. Yeah. But for me, it works. Okay. Last question. What do you say to the agency owners who are listening or watching this and they're skeptical of these role changes? Like, what would you say to them? And, and do you believe this is suitable for everyone or just some of us? Okay, it's a great question. So in the first half a year that I started with this, it was a struggle. And 
I was frustrated a lot. It took the time for me to look in the mirror and realize, again, that's where we started, the communication issues were mine. And I needed to learn to communicate better with my team. Not that I needed a different team, because I still have the same team. None of them have changed. We only added people. Okay? So I learned to be better. After that six-month period, for almost a year and a half, every quarter, we grew by over 50% in revenue. Now, let me ask you about your last year and a half. Which quarter did you grow by over 50% in revenue? And how many times did you do it consistently, quarter over quarter? Zero. Zero. The answer is zero. 50%? Zero. And so these are my results. I'm not guaranteeing them for you. But what I am telling you is you and I both know, because I've been an agency owner for decades. What you're doing right now don't work. It ain't working. You're stressed out. It's not working. It's not. So it's time for change. Now, get this. I'm not telling you that I don't have stress. I do have stress. But I also have stress and money in the bank. <laughs> and money does solve a lot of things, despite what some people might tell you. Yeah. Especially when you're a business owner. Yeah. So just do it. You got to. What do you have to lose? What you've done doesn't work. What do you have to lose? The first six months are going to be hard. You heard it here first. Yeah. No, I love it. I'm definitely going to incorporate some of this into, you know, what we're planning for 2024, because I'm really interested to see how it works. For those of people who are listening and watching and they want to connect with you, whether to understand more about this or to understand about what you do or to put you on stage or whatever it is, what are you working on? Where can they find you, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to answer the last question first and the first question last. How about that? So where you find me? Meetatiba.com. That's meet, A-T-I, B's and boy, A.com. That's going to take you directly to my LinkedIn. When you get there, do not hit the follow button. Hit the connect button. Go to more and hit connect. Connect with me. Send me a message. I want to talk with you. I know you got questions. I know somebody, because listen, when I first heard this, I cornered Chris Crone outside after he spoke to ask questions. So I know you've got questions and I want to help you answer those questions. Now, what am I working on right now? So we have our agency and our agency is wonderful. And people ask me all the time, how did you do that? How did you build these relationships? How do you, whether it's inside your business, those relationships that allow you to do the things that you do and outside your relationship, how do you network and build solid relationships with people? How is that possible? So I am starting to teach that. So oh. if that's something that you're looking for, in 2024, we're going to be releasing a whole lot of stuff on how you do that to help you learn to better manage relationships so that you can actually unlock the superhero that's inside of you. I love it so much. Atiba, it was so good to chat with you today. I know people are going to find this valuable. And if they didn't, I did. So... <laughs> So there's that. But thank you. We got one. Yes. Thank you so much for lending your wisdom on this. I just think it's such a fascinating idea and I definitely want to try it. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure to hang with you as always. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Brooke Sellis on Instagram and Twitter. And for fun, make sure you tag at SM Examiner. Also, 
be sure to check out our other shows, The Social Media Marketing Podcast and The Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next week as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life. The Marketing Agency Show is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.